You are listening to the Living Room Confessional Podcast. Hey, Ashley, welcome back to the podcast. What's up? How you doing? Pretty good. So what's new with you? Um, let's see. So it's been a little bit of time since we last talked. Not not much else is new. I'm still drinking wine, still trying to keep my kids alive, just <laughs> the daily. All right. Well, as many of you know who have been here with me since like episode one, Ashley was my first guest and kind of my guinea pig. <laughs> so I appreciate you for that. I go back to that episode all the time and I'm like, good. God, like you carried <laughs> that episode. That was hilarious. But it, it worked out in the end. It's, yep, it's, it it's all right. Everybody has to have a first episode. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that I've grown since that first episode. So I figured it's about time to get you back on here to kind of rectify the situation. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited to be on here. And I love the topic for today. So, and I'm honored you picked me. <laughs> oh God. Like when this topic came and popped into my head, I was like, Ooh, Ashley, there's no yeah. one else that <laughs> is more perfect just to kind of cover this topic. So I take it as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> you should. Absolutely. And see, this is exactly why. So the topic for today is be unapologetically you. And what is that? Why don't we start by kind of saying, like, what does that mean to you? So for me, I think it means, or I feel it means, it's kind of multi-layered meaning. Like for me, it's being unapologetically a woman, uh, being unapologetically Black, smart, articulate. You know, there's just a, you know, a mom. There are so many times where I've experienced in the, four short years of me being a mom now where I find that people could easily be in a situation where they feel bad to be a mom, you know? So it's a whole bunch of different things. All of that, you know, bundled up into one is what I feel like being unapologetically me is, you know, I, not that I don't care about other people's opinion or, or what they think. It's just, I just accept it and I keep it pushing and I'm not going to change who I am just because it, make someone else feel a little bit less comfortable about who they are, essentially. I get that. And that's how it should be, honestly. Like, yeah. I, I find myself throughout my life, I've always told people like, oh, you only see a specific version of me. And I'm like, why am I breaking myself up like that? Because it's honestly, it's a lot of work to be like, oh, I'm going to be this specific way with this person. And yeah. then like somebody else walks up and you like flip the switch. And you're a completely different way. And I'm just like, and so people, when I was younger, I had friends that were like, Courtney, you're a little two-faced. It's not, it's not that I'm two-faced. It's that there are just certain parts of me that I don't want to show other people. I don't think they deserve to see. So at the end of the day, it's just like, I don't feel like I'm being myself. I'm being clipped versions of myself. And a lot of that came with the fact that I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. So I see that you have kind of like mastered it. I know everybody has their insecurities <laughs> and stuff like that, but have you always been this confident? No. And I honestly, I had a lot of my life the same way 
that you explained where I was one way with, with one person or maybe a group of people. And then I was another way with a different group of people. Um, and it wasn't on purpose. It was more so that, you know, one group of people, those were my nerdy friends. You know, we talked about books and geeked out about, you know, stuff like that. But and then the other group of people that I hung out with, they were my ghetto friends. You know, <laughs> we were hollering and being crazy. And it's not that neither one of those groups of people were me. It was just that, you know, just like you said, you kind of turned it off and adjusted to the crowd. Now, so I kind of just keep it you know it, it is what it is if you catch me on a ratchet day then I'll be that way just because of my <laughs> own personal you know whatever if you catch me on a nerdy day then that's what you're gonna get so um but no I haven't always had confidence I would say I went through a phase of being very very insecure about my body about um just different things so like I grew up in an all-white neighborhood when I went to school there were not a lot of black people there and so I was used to seeing these petite like white girls with their you know the thigh gap and everything and here I am with these thunder thighs <laughs> Girl. so I just felt like oh you know like I just felt like so insecure about it you know I was like oh my gosh I don't have a thigh gap and but then later on I learned that dudes don't really care about a thigh gap they care about them thick voluptuous <laughs> so it just took some time like for me to grow into myself I think mentally um, and accept you know the big person that I was big as in personality <laughs> not physically I guess physically too then huh <laughs> but you know what it's crazy that you mentioned growing up around people that are like different races and stuff around you because I grew up going to a Jewish elementary school well it wasn't a Jewish elementary school we were in a Jewish neighborhood ah. so most of the kids did not look like me. Our zoning <laughs> did not change until I was in third grade. And then that's when I actually got, I think I found my first like at school, like black friends when the zoning changed Aww. and we got more black and Hispanic kids or whatever. And so it always bothered me when I was young that when all those kids came into the school, they were like, why do you talk like that? Why do you oh, yeah. do this? Why yeah. do you do that? So then I always felt like I had to act a certain way or be a certain way to be accepted by this group and then be a certain way to be accepted by the other group. I could totally like tone down just like my loud craziness that I usually am when mm -hmm. I was around like most of my white friends growing up. And then around right. my black friends, it was more acceptable for me to be loud and yep. just be colorful and just out of the box. Yeah. So I completely get that. And a part of me feels like that's kind of where this all starts because mm -hmm. when you're really little and you're just around your parents four and under, who cares? Like girl, right, right. I love you're seeing good. the little exactly. four-year-old kids that pick out their own clothes and they have like a tutu cowboy boots. And my, daughter. On. <laughs> my daughter, my <laughs> daughter. I'm like, I was like, you know, I'd be true to yourself right now. Cause like before yep. the world corrupts you, but it's literally like when you get to, um, kindergarten, th things start to change. My mom always told me a story about, we were playing duck, duck, goose. And it, it was like PE time. And we were on the blacktop outside. Mm -hmm. And one thing I was not, 
I didn't really understand at that time was I went to school with predominantly white children. So when we're in a circle of 20 kids and there's only three black kids and they kept Uh, picking the white kids and then somebody finally gets to me. I was like, I'm not playing. I stood up. She was like, you stood up and you stomped your foot and was like, I'm not playing because I'm not picking anybody that's white. (laughs) Cause like nobody was picking the black kids. (laughs) No, I feel that. I relate to that. Yeah, I get it. And so it was so funny because she was like, the minute I stuffed foot on that campus, I had every teacher in my ear, like, girl, your daughter told it today. (laughs) (laughs) That is so awesome. That's so good. Oh, I'm glad you've got this like recorded. Play <laughs> this back for everyone to hear your future kids and their kids and kids and kids after that to hear that you did that. Well, it's kids are so honest. And like, it's yeah. funny because if had I been in third grade at that time, I wouldn't have said anything. But when you're young and you see things that you don't like or something that you don't think is fair or right, mm-hmm. you speak up. And the funny thing is, is I lost that for so many years, but now it's coming back because I have this, like, I'm independent. I'm like, I'm going to open my mouth when I need to don't shut me down kind of attitude. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You should say that because it's, it's so true. Like as a kid, you just don't have the same, like, you're not afraid of how the world's going to perceive you when you're young. It's, it's so much easier to be honest when you feel like nothing's going to happen to you <laughs> when you, you say this or you act a certain way. But as you get older, you get, you get more responsibilities and you get put in other situations where, dang, it kind of does matter, you know, what somebody thinks of me. You know, even, even with me getting my tattoos, um, I didn't get my first tattoo when I, until I was 23 years old. And I was subconscious about like, oh man, I didn't even think like, you know, going to work, are people going to look at me differently? Cause I already had, you know, had to work extra hard to make sure I stand out as a black woman in a predominantly white male industry, you know? So I was like, oh, I don't want tattoos to hold me back. But honestly, that thought only slipped or was in my mind for maybe a minute or two. And then I was like, yep, that's it. Just get the tattoo because it shouldn't define me and who I am. Like you should have to talk to me and get to know me, but just things like that. I feel like if I would have gotten tattoos younger, I would not have even thought about it even for just a minute. You know, I would have just done it, not younger, like three, but even like 18 when most people get their tattoos. But I just feel like there's, there's way there, there are way more things that we have to think about um, as an adult, but even more so as a black woman (laughs) in this community to, you know, based on the way that we act and who we are. Absolutely. It's funny that you say that. Cause like, I, I have tattoos and I didn't actually think about this when I was getting them, that I was actually <laughs> kind of hiding them. My, my, my train of thought was pretty much, these are for me. They mean something to me. So I'm putting them somewhere where no one else can see because I don't want anybody's judgments mm-hmm. because they're just that important to me. And I have, I have large tattoos and I have a couple of them and <laughs> most people do not know. And it's always so funny. Cause I don't, even when I go to the beach, I don't wear bikinis or things like that. But sometimes like 
when I'm working out or something, I like lift my shirt to wipe my face. And then people are like, oh my God, like, what, is, what is this? And I'm like, yeah, that's just, they're like, I didn't think you were that kind of girl. I'm like, what, what, exactly. what kind of girl? Yeah. Like, because I made a decision for me, like, how does that affect you? So yep. why should <laughs> your opinions of what right. I do hold any weight? And so that like, that kind of blew my mind. Cause I see women around the office all the time. And like, once you really get to know them, they're like, girl, I got so many tattoos. Girl, I have piercings. Girl, I do this. And I'm like, you do? (laughs) But right. Because you have to hold up a certain facade, you know, especially, you know, in the office, a lot of times people are so have to, you know, like, oh, I have to be this way. I can't show any of my personality because I don't want to be judged for it. And I get it, but it's so, it's really hard for me to do that. It is really, really, really hard for me to, because I, I don't, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not even going to try to explain why, but it is something that's hard for me to do. And I always wonder, you know, one day, one day, is it going to get me in trouble? But so far, I mean, it's kind of worked out. I've, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I've met you, you know, met other people. So I think, you know, it just kind of whatever works for a person in that situation. But yeah, the, the tattoo thing is always a a funny subject to me. (laughs) Yeah. And I love how people like when you go into a corporate environment they're like oh be yourself be like we we need a diverse people and all this stuff and I'm like no sweetie what you're saying is <laughs> you want me to bring a specific type of yep. personality to a specific on, on paper at that very moment and then you want me to reel it in like oh yep. Courtney's fine but she's only fun up to this point and I hate when people try to compartmentalize who I am because I'm like, you might as well not be around me. Don't hang out with me. Don't come around me. Like, yeah. I'm like, if you don't want me to voice my opinion, like, I don't understand. I don't understand why you're asking for it. <laughs> you would be surprised how many times people will ask for your opinion, but they're just doing it for the sake of asking. And the whole like, be yourself, be you at work. It's a a a, a weird. It's a it's a weird situation because I feel like a lot of times when they say that at work and, and, and I'll be real with you. And this is what I love about your podcast is that it's all like just real put on the table. Right. I feel like people say that in the workplace just so they can get someone diverse on paper or whatever, you know, like if they're interviewing someone and they're like, oh, yeah, be yourself, whatever. I feel like sometimes it's just they mean more black people. Mm-hmm. at their job they need more hispanic people at their job it's not that they necessarily want all of the qualities that you bring as you know a, a diverse person they just want to be able to say oh yeah we have 10 black women and you know 15 veterans and and 30 hispanic people you know like it's sometimes i feel like it is that way because when it really comes down to it if i start acting you know quote acting black or acting however they expect me to act or to bring that black diversity then then it'd be shut down you know (laughs) like it's and it's it's annoying and it's something that like I said we just have to continue to try to navigate through and unfortunately we're gonna have to be navigating this type of situation for the rest of our lives you know and I think more conversations are being had today and hopefully in the days to come about 
stuff like this because of what's happening in our community. So, I mean, I think now of all times, it's so important for people to be unapologetically themselves because we, we need to see it. The, the world is too, too filled with people who are trying to fit a mold of somebody else who they think is successful or who they think is liked and respected and, you know, like, or who society wants them to be, but people need to just like be themselves. That's literally the best person that they could be. Yeah. And I think that it's important because basically you're setting the standard for generations to come Yeah, and what your kids and everyone else is going to have to put up with. And I mean, you don't have to come out of the gate, just like balls to the walls. Like I'm here, but (laughs) at the same time, voicing your opinion and not being afraid to do things like that and taking a risk and Mm -hmm. standing up for people and letting your voice be heard. That is impactful. And it actually, (laughs) no, because when you make your voice heard, it actually wakes up other people. Yeah. Like it gives them confidence to stand up for themselves. It's like, those oh, yeah. com- it's like those commercials. I think it's like, it's a gum commercial or something where somebody <laughs> does something nice for another person and then they smile and the next person, they do something nice. They smile. Oh it's like yeah. It's I reaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what I feel like when you stand up for yourself and you are just all in and you allow people to see who you are, it gives other people confidence to be who they are. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of kind of creating a community or an environment where people can be bold and be themselves because when they feel like, Oh, well, she's doing it. Maybe I won't be judged if I do it, Mm -hmm. but I can let my guard down a little bit. And I mean, like, honestly, black females, all of you that work in like a corporate environment, I honestly, I really, really think that we're the trendsetters of this kind of thing. A mm-hmm. lot, we are, a lot of us are loud, not all of us, yeah. but a lot of us are loud. We are opinionated. We are strong. We are hardworking. And I'm like, if we can do it and be comfortable doing it, yep. what we do, others will follow. We yep. see it everywhere else. So why not here? Yeah. And, and on the, on the flip side of it too, cause then, and I know that this speaks true to me is that part of me being myself is that I'm not loud, you know, all the time, or like, I'll have my moments, especially if it's like a, you know, I don't know, something funny or crazy, or just me having my moment of being stupid, like, you know, just doing something crazy. But at the same time, I'm a very chill person. And I think sometimes people expect me to be a certain way because I am black, but I'm like, no, I want to sit at home, drink some wine and read a book. I don't want to go to the club, you know, like, it's, (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So it's it's the same, like, you know, on the flip side of being yourself, if being yourself means you don't live up to the standard or, or not standard, the stereotype, I'll say and correct myself, don't live up to the stereotype of what a black woman is. That is perfectly fine. That is okay. And that that's, that's what, you know, I would encourage people to do or, you know, it's, it's, it's been a struggle in my life to figure out how I fit in the place of everyone else in this world amongst my friends of different races and family who act different, you know, my, my siblings act different than I do differently than I do. Um, it's, it's different. It's weird. And it's something where once you feel comfortable with like standing your ground, if you 
are a lame person, then be that lame person, you be know, the like best I, lame person yes, you can be. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm a lame person. A lot of the times, like, you know, sometimes my husband will be like, Oh, you want to you know, go out and get lunch or go get dinner or something. I'm just like, no, let's just pick up the kids from daycare and just like make dinner and watch Netflix and go to sleep. I do that sometimes. I mean, at the same time, I'm like, drop the kids off. Let's go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, I know who I am. I know that sometimes I want to do that stuff and sometimes I don't, and I'm not going to let somebody force me to do it, you know, but I, I feel like sometimes people, especially, you know, black women or black men feel like they have to uphold a certain standard because that's what people are expecting, you know, and it sucks not to say that other races don't like white people don't have certain standards or whatever, but I just feel like a lot of pressure gets put on minorities to, act a certain way or be a certain way. Yes. And one of my absolute favorite things about this is how we work in the same place. Yep. We have things in common, but our personalities are so different. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But it's almost like even when we're in the office, it's like we kind of bounce off of each other, especially when we got to work together those few times. And I love that you have your personality is so different because quite frankly, you bring things to the table and you have a perspective on things that I don't have. And I've noticed that more than one time. (laughs) Yeah. So I've noticed that so many times. And so I'm able to learn from you and it's just kind of like an open space. We can freely talk to each other. There's no judgments and Mm -hmm. it's just, honestly, it makes work so much more fun. (laughs) It does. It does. Right. Like, and in, in my mind too, you know, I appreciate our differences and, you know, vice versa, same thing. Like your perspective on something is sometimes a complete opposite of how I would attack something. And I'm just like, okay, well, I need to hear that sometimes, you know, like that's good. And that's the problem with this country right now, honestly, is that we don't like to see the other side of things or hear other people's argument, but that's another conversation for another time. (laughs) But like also our similarity though is that we are two women who you know speak the same <laughs> way if you get what I mean I do enunciate. you know how many times growing up people are always like Ashley why do you talk so white and I'm like I don't oh. talk white I just talk like an educated woman I went to college Thank I have you. a degree I graduated high school I graduated middle school how about that that's the reason why I talk like a regular person okay like don't ask me why do I sound white okay it's not that I sound white is that you have been corrupted by society thinking that only white people can enunciate words and and you know speak eloquently like get out of here with that (laughs) oh my god you just said so much oh I love that I had to deal with that I dealt with that in my family like oh yeah it's ridiculous it really is ridiculous but I completely get that. And I'm going to tell y'all a story. So <laughs> one of the few times uh, that Ashley and I ha- got to work together. So Uh-oh. I was working I on a project. Story this is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the beginning of uh, the beginning of 2020 before COVID hit. And um, I was working on a project to kind of uh, bring in a new team and Ashley was helping out on it. And the way that my brain works is I I'm visual. I love organization. I had all these post-its on my desk and they were (laughs) color coded. And (laughs) Ashley came up to my desk, touching my post-its. Like, what is this? Why are you doing this? Why don't you like, let me show you what you can do. And I was like, no, I have a system. (laughs) 
I was like, screw your system. <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. I, I have a system too, but I can't do the post-it note thing. I just, I can't. Only if it's like to put maybe like a few bullet points or something and like just stick it on the on the desk and then like cross it out as you go. But I mean, I, I hardcore organize too. Like I'll use OneNote to, you know, get all my stuff together and take like a copious amount of notes and everything. But the sticky notes on the desk, oh, my, see, my brain was like, get this paper <laughs> off the desk right now. Like, see, I'm this was throw like, the whole I'm desk like, away. I'm looking at my desk like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. I have so much clarity now. And you're just like, <laughs> this is garbage. Throw it away. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. But you yep. see how different you can be and you can work together and still get things done. Yes, exactly. I mean, I feel like you and I are the dynamic duo. Like, <laughs> Between us, there's nothing that we couldn't do in that office. There you go. That is so true. (laughs) Now, I do want to kind of jump into how do you practice self-love? Because I think that's a big part of being apologetically you and getting to know yourself and learning to love yourself over time. Like, obviously, the world's going to beat you down no matter what age you are. Like, society goes in on you early. Yeah. As I've gotten older, I literally had to work on my relationship with myself and I still do like, this is an ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that I'm able to really combat people's negativity when they try and hit me with, why do you talk like that? Why do you look like that? Like stop doing this or stop being so loud and all that stuff like that. It, it really comes from a very personal place where I have to just go in there and dig it out. And I'm like, you know what? you know who you are. We've dealt mm-hmm. like with people. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've done we've this. Dealt like people like this before, like go about your way. You don't even like, there are times where I want to pop back when people say like negative comments or those little kind of petty, just comments that people <laughs> like to throw at you as you pass by. Yep. You want, oh my goodness. It is sometimes it is really hard for me to keep my mouth closed. Sometimes I sometimes don't. <laughs> you really just have to keep it moving. So back to the question. <laughs> <laughs> How do you tie in like loving yourself and getting to know yourself as a way of becoming so confident that you can be unapolog- unapologetically you? I didn't practice self-care until after I had my first kid and because up until that point oh I was a hot piece of ass you couldn't tell me anything <laughs> like Your I, is amazing. <laughs> I, I was I was like oh yeah I look good I feel good you know I was on top of the world I you know I probably pe- I, I feel like I, I peaked in college or, or at that point at my low point, I felt like I had peaked in college, which I'll tell you about. And so I didn't have to practice, you know, self-love. I was freshly graduated from college. I was working. I had just started working at SIVA, you know, like I had gotten my own uh, loft. I was doing good. I was like, oh yeah, this is, I'm living the life. I'm doing everything good. So then fast forward down, you know, two years later, and then I'm pregnant. It was exciting and awesome. And, you know, one of the greatest experiences of my life. And then I had my daughter. And then I was like, all right, let's do this whole snapback thing that everybody likes to talk about on the internet so much. And that shit did not happen. (laughs) It just, it it didn't. I mean, I lost weight and I, I felt 
better. Um, but it really didn't, there was no great snapback. Like everybody likes to show on the internet. So it was really hard because at that moment I was like, well, now what do I do? You know, because I, I just see all these pictures and videos of women having their babies and, you know, then posting the six months, you know, in six months out picture and they're all slim and stuff and holding their babies and everything. And that was not me, you know, especially because I had a C-section and I know that there are other women who had C-sections who still snap back, you know, they still tone it up and everything. But my situation was different. You know, later on, I learned part of it was because of the diastasis recti, which is just the separation of your abs is supposed to go back together after you have your baby, but mine didn't. So I have to do special exercises to heal that. And I will be honest with you, even till today, I'm not still... 100% as confident as I was back then. I mean, I still feel as a confident person, feel like I'm a confident person, but, and in that aspect, it's nowhere compared to what it was before. So what I had to do to kind of get back to, you know, feeling like people weren't looking at me and judging me, you know, on the way that I look, because I, I, even though people weren't, I felt like they were, you know, I felt like people were like, oh, she's like, her stomach's bulging out of her pants or her shirt, you know, seeing little rollover fat and everything. I just felt like people were looking at me and especially people who knew me before I, I in my mind they were comparing me constantly to what I used to look like and what I look like now even though that you know wasn't true by any means but that's what I thought so I had a low point you know I was really I wouldn't say depressed but I was really sad and just unhappy and uncomfortable with who, who I guess what I thought who I was but then I had to realize that my physical appearance on the outside is not who I am. And that was how I built that self-love was I had to realize I still have the exact same personality as the girl who was, you know, fit and, you know, all of that. Like, it's still me. You know, I still have the same jokes. I still laugh at the same stupid things. I still, you know, have the same, you know, just pep about myself mentally. So I had to remind myself of that and it was more so stop worrying about the physical appearance of myself and make sure that I take care of myself mentally because I was letting the outside affect my inside and that's when I realized I needed to do better at loving myself so I did and you know I still do every day you know make sure that I take the time to like be like damn girl you look good you know like I I do that to myself because I did before anyway, but there was a period of time where I didn't after I had my daughter and that sucked. And so I think for me, self-love and making sure that I can stay unapologetically me is making sure that I remind myself that it's not what I look like on the outside that makes me me. It's my snappy attitude. It's my, you know, upbeat personality and stuff like that. That's what makes me me. I could be a freaking, you know, shaped like a chair. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm still going to be me. And I think when people get that understanding that you can be black, purple, blue, brown, you can be round, square, upside down. It doesn't matter. Oh my God, that was Dr. Seuss, like rhyming right there. (laughs) (laughs) Like you can, you can be any of those things, but as long as you stay true to yourself, like who you are inside, Mm -hmm. that is being you. That is how you love yourself and, and stay yourself. Yeah. And it's so crazy how society is just obviously obsessed with the way that people look and you see it everywhere. And I'll have to say, I was loud, proud, confident when I was younger. And then 
Oh, it started for me when I got my first desk job. And when I sat at that desk, That'll do the it. weight started packing on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never had to work out until I got my first like job where I sat at a desk all day. And it got to the point where you still think you look fly and you just look good and everything until somebody makes that comment. And then that one comment sticks in your brain and it eats away at you over time. And that's basically what happened to me. Mm -hmm. And so I always make, like, I always laugh when I see this video, there's this little girl with like these little blonde, like curls. And she's like in the mirror on top of her vanity in the bathroom. She's saying, you were amazing. You're this, you're that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And I honestly, that actually, that video made me stop and think because you think about how many nice things do I actually say about myself to myself? Mm-hmm. Like zero. Like I, I, used, to, I nice used to pass by them. I check myself out all the time. I see. Yes. I used to do that when I was young. I would pass by the mirror and be like, yes. And just like walk out and be like, yep. I've got it. This is me. Look at the skirt. Look at these legs. I look amazing. As an adult, it's like you stop, I stopped doing that. And so now I actually make it a point. (laughs) I did the thing where I would like write words, things that I love about myself, things Mm -hmm. that make me confident, things that like, like when I was losing weight, if I hit a mark, I would put that mark up there, just things to be proud of so that I could start building myself back up. And I'm now back to the point where like, I'll wash my face in the morning. (laughs) Look, kiss at myself. I'm like, I love this girl. Like, there you go. We're going out there and we're going to get it. Yep. (laughs) And so I really think that everybody's going to have insecurities, but you need to find the things that you love about yourself and you need to amplify them. You need to put them where you can see them. So when you feel like, oh my God, my thighs are rubbing together, like, oh my God. I'm gaining weight or I'm losing hair or I'm getting a lot of grays or anything like that. That's negative. Look at all these wonderful things about you mm-hmm. and the good should outweigh the negative. Yeah. If you and- really love yourself. I'm telling you, you can find a hundred good things about yourself mm-hmm. to combat those five negative things that are trying to get stuck in your brain. And, and I would point out too that like for me, especially after the, the physical beauty of myself, of what I thought, you know, was fading away. It's also about the other qualities of myself. That's what helped me like make sure that I remain confident. You know, like, of course I have days where I'm like, I'm, I look like somebody picks me up out of a trash bag. Like I just straight <laughs> up look like for real, like it's, it's. I, I have those days. I do. But then I have other days like today. I'm like, damn, you look like a bad bitch. Like, go ahead. You know, like it's it's more than that, too. Like, I'll also be like, dang, girl, you finished, you know, that project a lot faster than you thought you were going to. Or hell yeah, good job, Ashley. You wrote that blog post that you said you're going to write this week. You know, like I I praise myself for things like that. Nice. Hell, I praise myself because I made dinner last night and didn't <laughs> order something. You know, like, yes. So- doing doing things like that too that will make it so much easier and such a better like bonding experience with yourself like a lot of people might get caught up in 
the physical appearance, you know, and, and thinking that, oh, I need to be confident in myself. It's, it, it's, you can be confident in yourself and what your body looks like, but be confident in your personality and your attitude and the other things that you've accomplished. You know, sometimes if I, so like even back to your situation where like, you know, you're feeling good, but then somebody makes that comment in my mind, I'm like, mm, they don't, they don't matter to me because I have so much going on in my life. I'm, it's just like the, the comment that they made is just so small. It just doesn't affect me because I'm like, man, I've got so many positive and good things going for me. I could care less. I want people to make comments about me, like go for it. Like, it's okay. Like, tell me how you really feel. And if you want, I'll sit sit down and talk to you about it. Go ahead and tell me about all the things you don't like about me. We'll, we'll sit and we'll have some tea, you know, like I just, I, I, I don't have a problem with people if they have a comment to say, and most of the time though, people say that shit because they have the issue of that insecurity of yes. the, for themselves, you know? And I've learned that the hard way I've lost some friends over it. And I think that experience or experiences <laughs> for me is kind of also what a light bulb went, how it, uh, a light bulb went off for me that like, it's, it's, it's more than what I thought it was. It's, people, people make those comments. It's, it's more than what I initially thought was just them just being like, you know, a bitch that day or something. It was more so they were going through something. They had a huge insecurity about something that I didn't care about. So they were trying to bring me down because misery does love company, you know? So knowing that you can love yourself on the inside makes it a lot easier to disregard other people in their hate and ass comments. (laughs) Absolutely. That's knowing your worth. And that's the only way you can really get through life. Mm-hmm. And wine. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, you did say something that kind of, it didn't strike a nerve. I don't know how to put it. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you said something that made me kind of sit up and pay attention because you said, sing your own praises. And that's mm-hmm. actually something within black women that I find. And actually, no, it's my, a lot of minority women, but it's also women in general. Yep. We don't know how to sing our praises. We don't know how to take a compliment. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I cannot tell you how uncomfortable I used to get when people would give me a compliment and I'm like, okay. But now it's like, if I pass by somebody and they tell me I'm cute and I'll be like, I'm like, thank you. Like, take it and keep going. Like, take it, put it in my purse, pull it out later if I ever need it. And be like, she said I was cute. I am cute. Courtney, you are cute. You know, what's funny though, is I can take a compliment from anybody else. But as soon as my husband does it, I'm like, ah, you're just saying that. I'm like, oh, I look like shit. And he's like, why can't you just let me compliment you? He's like, you know, you look beautiful. And I'm like, bro, I just woke up like, you know, or, oh my gosh, I've been in my pajamas all day. But you know, when they, that's a lot of guys, that's when they find you the most beautiful. Not when you're all dolled up and they don't know what you look like under all the makeup. That's terrifying. (laughs) No, I'm like, I love that because as a person who never, like, I might wear makeup three times out of the year. Like, and I wear like pretty much t-shirts and tights (laughs) or or, like workout clothes 90% of the time. Like, I appreciate that. (laughs) That means that you are recognizing the gold and just wonderful human being that is right in front of you. And I don't have to do anything extra to grab your attention. Right. But see that, that that's also the 
he sees probably past the way I look too, you know, even on a day that I probably really do look rough because I'm not be honest with y'all. I look crazy. Like sometimes (laughs) I'm telling you, like it's, it's bad. And, and I'll still take a picture of myself and put it on my Instagram stories. Like, I just don't care. I'm like, yeah, I look like shit, but let me go ahead and put a video real quick. Like, because <laughs> you mean like, just, I got something to say. Don't look at my yeah, camera. Yeah, I just woke like, up, but you're going right, to listen. Just, <laughs> yeah. Just listen to me. Don't look at me. You know? So it just, it depends. But I, I think he look, he can look past that because he knows who I am as a person. And I think that will always make me beautiful because I'm a beautiful person on the inside, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that though. My dad has been like, oh my God, you're glowing. You're like, uh uh-uh. No, I just woke up. No, you're glowing. You look great. (laughs) Thank you. Girl, that's the dream. (laughs) It is. It is. Well, we've covered quite a lot. (laughs) You had a lie. Like, I feel like this conversation, it's flowed, but we've been like all over the place. And I absolutely love it. But it's it's good though. You know, it's a one of those topics where it's kind of like like I said in the beginning there's so many layers to it and I think that's why we went everywhere because being yourself means so many things and I think when people think it only means one thing that's where the issue is yeah if they think that being yourself means you're loud all the time or being yourself means all you can do is you know you know whatever other people expect or what you are confused about yourself and think that that's the only thing you can do or or act or or be like or look like you know so I mean I feel like I can be fat I can be skinny I could be fit you know it'll as long as I'm owning it it's still me you know because it it won't change anything on who I am on the inside exactly and I'm kind of like all these people sometimes they get surgeries they do different things your weight goes up it goes down but what you have to realize that's still the same person Mm mm-hmm sticks and stones like it does not matter what you say to them if they couldn't take it before they still might not be able to take it now because right of who they are it hasn't changed their mm-hmm. parents may have changed it happens but that's just like um the woman who was burned in the australian bushfire mm-hmm. and everybody was like oh my god i can't believe her husband didn't leave like are you kidding me right her husband was not in love with her appearance. Right. I need people to realize that if you go outside, get in your car and you get hit and you, heaven forbid, you're in an accident and your appearance changes, you want to be with the person who stays with you because they love you for you right. and for not, who you are, not for what you look like. Because yeah. the ones that love you for what you look like and they don't actually care about who you are, they're going to jump ship real quick. Yep. So... Yep. <laughs> I feel like people really just need to stop focusing so much on appearance and just like outwardly things, what you're wearing, what you look like. I hear you just, you hear so many stories about kids getting bullied and stuff about that stuff. And I'm just like, do you not realize that so many of my friends, we all looked crazy when we were young and we thought we were fine as I don't know what. (laughs) And we're all still friends because of that core connection and they're just genuinely good people and I love who they are and then you have the other ones they were just like us thought we were fine but they like to nitpick at everything and Mm -hmm. those are like the ones that you get rid of like what matters is who you are and what's in your heart and how you feel because how you feel about yourself reflects in how you treat people yeah so 
you really need to know your worth, build your confidence and just have a greater sense of self. So it doesn't even matter if you don't look good. It will always shine through. I can't like a confident <laughs> woman is a beautiful woman. Yes, a confident yes. man is a fine man. I don't care what <laughs> you like. Like, have you ever seen like a, a guy that walks in with swag? He might not be all there on the outside, <laughs> but he walks past you like, damn. But he's owning that room. He's yes. owning himself. Yeah. And that's yes. not to say that I don't enjoy when I, you know, doll myself up or or look good on the outside. It just, it reinforces the shit that's going on in my head already. Like yes. I wake up like, oh yeah, you know, blah, blah, whatever. So sometimes I'll match my outside to match, you know, how I'm feeling on the inside. Yeah, I look at it as an enhancement of how I feel on the inside. Those days when I put on makeup, trust me, it is not because I'm, I'm (laughs) trust me, it is not because I'm trying to make myself look good. Like I might cake that stuff on my face and I will think (laughs) I'm even more beautiful than I (laughs) And I probably look crazy as hell. But- Honestly, makeup, all that stuff, it's, it, use it as a tool to enhance how you feel about yourself. Like, yeah, it just, for real. I mean, I can't be, I can't say that I don't wear it like every other day because I do. And then there'll be days or, you know, where I'll go like a week or more without wearing any. Like, it just, it depends. And then, especially like the, the kind of makeup that I'll wear, you know, it's just, it'll enhance just the natural whatever. It's nothing like, I mean, I do like to do the crazy eyeshadows and stuff if I'm feeling artistic, you know, because otherwise I just look like a clown, right? But it's, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's a problem to wear makeup because I wear makeup. I wear heels. I love shopping. I love stuff to enhance the, my physical appearance. I am actively working on weight loss. You know, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. Nothing. Just make sure that you're always like, 100 and self-centered like with yourself like Mm -hmm. keep it real with yourself and know that even if I don't lose this weight I'm still a bad bitch like that's what you have to tell yourself yes and it cracks me up because I remember right after you had your son when you Mm -hmm. came back to work you had on these red heels you had on red lipstick you had (laughs) a blue dress or something like that and I remember going to your desk and be like girl you look good today and you're like hell yeah dude (laughs) it's not thank you it's hell yeah Oh my God. Yeah. I was wearing that blue dress. Cause then later on, I found out you had a blue dress that was like almost the exact same, like, yes. cute. like that's crazy. Yep. Girl. I was feeling myself too. Yeah. And I love that. Like literally fresh off maternity leave, just <laughs> rocking it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I that hope to be moment. you one day. Like I'm gonna come back in <laughs> after having yeah. a baby. Just like, let's go. <laughs> I learned after my daughter just to own it, you know, own it, whatever. Yes. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Yeah, it has been. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate you coming on. For sure. You know, whenever you think of another crazy topic, just call me. I'll be here. I'm always, (laughs) I'm always available to chat (laughs) if I can drink wine too. I didn't drink this time, but next time. Yes. You probably my fast is almost over because I'm on a 21 day, but 21 day, no alcohol fast with my church oh, right yeah. now. So okay. thank you okay. for not putting temptation in my face. You're welcome, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> my 21 days are almost up. I already have a bottle of wine waiting for me when I'm done. <laughs> I have a total wine pickup that I got to get to when we get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, before we get off the phone, did you bring a confession for us today? I did. You know what? And I was like, this is relevant to your topic. So my confession is that I actually was bothered by or felt, um, what's the word? Not neglected or neglected or left out. That's the phrase. I felt left out um, for a while because I grew up with this group of girls who were one, um, I don't know, like what's the politically correct way to say, we'll just say nobody was black. Uh, Most of them were white. Uh, And then as we got older, you know, some of them went to different high schools. And, you know, I went to a different high school than all of them, but some of them stayed together, um, you know, during high school. And then after college, some of them still uh, went, uh, I don't know if they went to the same college, but they, you know, would still keep in touch with each other. And then as they're getting married and having kids and stuff, I see them interacting and I see, you know, I would see them still being in each other's lives. And it was, it was like five of us or five. Yeah, it was like five of us. And or five or six of us. And I was the only black one, you know, and there was an instance when in elementary school where one of them was having a birthday party and she gave everyone else their invite and I didn't get one. And I felt so like, man, you know, like it didn't feel good. And then at the end of the day, she came up, you know, and she was like, turn around. And she opened up my backpack and, you know, she put the invite in there and zipped it up. And then like, I was happy but at the same time, I kind I feel I feel kind of stupid, um, or not stupid. <laughs> What's the best way to explain? Hear me out. So it's I feel like now looking back at it on it as an adult, you know, like I said, I see them growing up and still talking to each other today, right? They're not talking to me though, is my point. And I I feel dumb looking back at the whole invitation situation. Now, obviously it bothered me. I mean, this was years ago and I still remember the shit, right? Yeah. Her putting the invitation in my backpack. I feel like, okay, was that somebody else's invitation that she just felt bad for? Because I had, I complained about it. I mean, obviously, you know me. <laughs> was that I, a I pity can, invite or something like right, that? Right. Like, was that a pity invite or something? I didn't say anything about that then because I wasn't thinking it. I got the invite and I was like, oh yeah, I got my invite, you know, and I went to the party and stuff like that. But as an adult now, I look at it like, you know, we all started off in this same childhood best friend group. And now as adults, how can you all stay in touch with each other but none of you make the effort to reach out to me about shit so that is my confession that that bothers me I mean if they ever hear this great you know now you can see or know I mean I won't say names but I'm sure you hearing the story you would know but it just as an adult I don't care really to try to associate myself with those kinds of people anymore and it hurts to even think that because I'm telling you I grew up with those girls. We, we were close, you know, or I thought we were anyway. It's just, I've questioned our entire friendship for all those years. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's one of those things that I've never talked to anybody about. I've never said anything about it, but it's just always something that's bothered me, you know, that birthday party invitation scenario. And now as an adult, seeing every, seeing them all, you know, be married and have kids and everything. 
I've tried to interject, you know, and maybe leave a comment here, you know, on their, you know, for their birthday or, oh, they had a baby or, oh, they got married. But I, I honestly think I'm just probably going to unfollow them. And <laughs> honestly, <laughs> um, we all have friends like that, though. Like, because if you did grow up at a very diverse or not even, I wouldn't even call it diverse. Like, like I told you, my elementary school was predominantly all white for mm-hmm. years before um then we got more children of color and we didn't even get that many of that so yeah. I mean I had there were kids that there were two little girls and um we used to play what was it Spice Girls oh yeah <laughs> like all the time and we already had issues because they always made me be like, I always had to be scary spice. Of course. Of course. No, I wanted to be posh, but they always made me take the role of scary spice. And so like the parents had to get involved in all that, but it always tripped me out because they went against each other when, because we were in fifth grade at this point, they went against each other. No, I'm not trying to force her because she's black and da, 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 da. I love Courtney, da, 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 da. Oh, I hate Let's that. Let's skip to the very next year. We all had the ability to stay in touch. They stayed in touch. Yep. I got left out. Yep. So I feel like people are in your lives in different seasons to teach you different things. Mm-hmm. And once they teach you that thing, they move on. And it sucks when you can still see them and they're dangling in your face a little bit and they're still together, but you're not. But quite frankly, a true friend would have given you your invite first. If y'all were right. thick as thieves, why didn't she come to you first and give you your invite? Because it's just like watching those mean girl movies. Like yeah, take care exactly, of your circle exactly first and then everybody else comes. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, to me, th- that just says that their season is gone and they kind of taught you that you don't need them to be happy. Yeah, like yeah and I, you're a kid you want to be a part of stuff but yeah it's as, as like I said I think as an adult it's a little bit harder to admit to myself that this just it is what it is like I'm never gonna have a relationship with them again yeah. it's a it's a weird confession to myself you know like you're not going to meet up with them and have coffee you're not gonna you know video chat with them you're not gonna talk to them like and I know that people grow up and grow apart but this one was just a weird situation for me because those were people that I thought were you know we were so close when we were so young and just had so many years of history and so many opportunities to keep in touch with each other and I know it works both ways like you know but at the same time even now I can put forth the effort and I'm sure it wouldn't evolve into anything. You know what I mean? Like they all, they all chose to put forth the effort with each other and leave the black girl out. And I won't say that they were doing it on purpose to be racist, but maybe I'm just not there. I don't fit their mold and what they want in their life and, and, and plan to do, you know, they went to college and, you know, central parts of the U.S. I went to Miami, Florida. So it's just different, <laughs> different vibes, different times. And I, I'm, I'm feeling relieved, you know, having said that out loud and, you know, talking to some, talking to you, you know, talking to someone about what I mentally went through just to, you know, from the little girl who didn't get the little black girl who didn't get her invitation, you know, to now 
I can I can accept that and see it for what it is and like kind of move on. But you know what's funny? Well, not funny, but what's interesting is how we all have that little black girl that's still in there and we oh, all yeah. have those stories and those situations that still bother us from when we were little being yep. a little black girl we had to endure this and you grow up and even though you have evolved and kind of moved on with your life you have beautiful yeah. family you have a great job <laughs> thank you and you have your shit together <laughs> it's like well. she's she's still there Yep. And so it's something that you just, that's just something that we all are going to have to deal with. And it comes with different situations, but you just, sometimes you just take her through your life and she's, yeah. she can be a reminder and she has been, yeah. And honestly, she might still be there because your daughter might go through something similar to that. And just by you having that memory and being able, you'll be able to like kind of pinpoint that situation and help your daughter navigate through that. So, that's true. That's absolutely true. That's a very positive way of looking at it. I like that. <laughs> you know how I try to do. I try to keep it positive. There you go. Love it. But I appreciate you like telling that. That that's not it's not always easy to give like those deep and real confessions on here. So I really appreciate that cuz that's actually something we all go through and they're just not easy to talk about cuz honestly like you kept saying, sometimes like it may sound silly, mm-hmm. but it's something real. And it's something that a lot of people don't know how to tackle and they carry it with them. And when you don't say anything about it, other people always think they're alone. So, yeah, especially like if you feel and portray that you're this confident, happy, lucky person, you don't ever have feelings like that. Like, no, I do have feelings like that, mm-hmm. too. You know, it doesn't take away from how confident I am and who I am today. It just still sucks and hurts and is annoying, you know, that situation, but Mm -hmm. I'm good. Thanks for making me confess. (laughs) All right. Thank you for confessing. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you guys listening and I hope you guys will tune in for the next episode. Adios. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want more information on previous or future episodes, please check out my website at thelivingroomconfessional.com. And you can also check out and follow my IG page at livingroom underscore confessional. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye. Bye.